Live by every word. That is the challenge and the opportunity the Bible gives to you. This program examines the actual words that have proceeded out of the mouth of God Himself so we can use them to guide our paths and live by them in our everyday lives. This is Live by Every Word. Thanks for joining me today here on Live by Every Word. I'm Dwight Falk. This is Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG, and we're online at kpcg.fm. And have a live link at thetrumpet.com. All of the programming here on KPCG is available live, or you can get the podcasts wherever you like to get those and listen to it when you have time to do so. Jesus Christ observed the Passover with his 12 disciples present on the night before he was crucified. And he went through uh, an amazing ordeal there, and he did it for all of mankind. Went through quite a trial, quite a test, and did it because, again, he and his father love humanity, love our potential, love our future, and risked everything to give us a chance to repent and to change. And the Passover was a major part of that and and continues to be. Notice this in Matthew 26. We have a few passages today. So if you do have a Bible that is uh, handy and available, it'd be great to get it out. We could look at these passages together, see what God's Word says. Matthew 26, we'll look at verses 17 through 20. It says, Now the first day of the Feast of Unleavened Bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying unto him, Where will you that we prepare for you to eat the Passover? And he said, We'll go into the city to such a man, and say unto him, The Master says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had appointed them, and they made ready the Passover. And now when the even was come, he sat down with the twelve. So this is a passage that has somewhat confused Bible scholars over the years. Uh, Passover is kept just before the Days of Unleavened Bread. And where it says here, the first day of the feast, in verse 17, that's a generic term for the eight-day Passover and Days of Unleavened Bread season. It should say the first day of the Passover week. The Amplified Version has it that way. And so this verse has caused some confusion, but again, it was the beginning, the first day of the Passover week. The Passover, of course, hadn't happened yet. That's why they were planning it. And the days of unleavened bread come after the Passover. So at this Passover, Christ did something that the disciples didn't understand at the time, but it is vital that we do understand it. And it's at the heart of why Christ made this sacrifice, why God the Father allowed this. And it is needs to be at the heart of our thinking, too, this attitude that we'll see here in uh, John. If we'll turn over to John 13, Christ did something that was different. It hadn't been done at the Passover before, but he instituted this. John 13, verses 1 through 5. It says, Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own, which were in the world, and he loved them unto the end. You know, all through 
Christ's life, and of course, especially here at the end of his physical life before he was crucified, you just see the love of God. That's the way he lived. That's the way the Father lives. It's love. And they loved people. They do love people. And of course, always keep that perfect law, the law of God, that uh, really shows us how to live the way of love. But he loved them unto the end. Verse 2, And suffer being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. And Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, and that he was come from God and he went to God, he rises from supper and laid aside his garments. And he took a towel and girded himself. So you can imagine this, they're having the the meal, and here Christ gets up and he starts to uh, lay aside his outer coat, and he gets a towel and he starts to, as we'll see, pour water and and he's going to wash the disciples' feet. Verse 5, after that he pours water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. So Jesus Christ here was setting us an example. And as you probably have looked at before, uh, you know, the job of cleaning people's feet, washing their feet if they came into a home, that was a job of, of a servant. You know, it was a job of of uh, somebody that would have been uh, just going about serving. It wasn't the job of the the Lord and the master. So this was a bit unusual for Christ to do this. But he was setting us an example. And verse 14, it says, If I then, Christ speaking, says, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. You see an example here being set. And that's not a job that probably most people would you know, love to do. But it's a, an attitude that he's showing here, a service attitude. Verse 15, he says, For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. See, he was, he was having humility here he, and serving. And we'll see more about that as we go, this, this attitude of just service and serving other people. How different would the world be if that was people's thinking today? We wouldn't have the problems that we see. We wouldn't have the wars. We wouldn't have the, the robberies, the violence, the taking from each other. People would try to help each other. It would be so different. But Christ set us an example. That's the attitude we need. And at first, you know, Peter, not understanding what was happening here, he refused to have his feet washed by Christ. Verse 6, backing up a little bit there, and says, Then come he to Simon, Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, do you wash my feet? And verse 7, Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do... You know not now, but you shall know hereafter. So the disciples, of course, didn't totally understand right away what he was doing, but they would understand it. They would understand it in the future. And that is something that um, they had to learn as they went. You know, they, they would see Christ do some things and not totally understand it or understand what he was saying. But then when God's Spirit came, they did understand it. Their minds were open to it. And they did understand it, and they would. But again, Peter is is uh, 
not wanting his feet washed at this time because he doesn't understand. In verse 8, Peter said unto him, You shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered him, If I wash you not, you have no part with me. So, again, once Peter heard that, changed his attitude, and he, then he went really far the other direction, and he said, you know, look, um, you know, wash more than that. And, and Christ told him, look, all that's necessary for this is the washing of the feet. That's all that's necessary. So, but why did Jesus Christ do this? Why did Jesus Christ do this? Verse 12, it says, So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said unto them, Know you what I have done to you? He said, You call me Master and Lord, and you say, Well, for so I am. I mean, Christ is Master, and he is Lord. In verse 14, he said, If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. He says, For I have given you an example, verse 15, that you should do as I have done to you. And we read that a little bit earlier. See, an example was being set here. I mean, Christ is Lord and Master, and he washed his disciples' feet. And he said, I'm giving you an example. You should do what I have done to you. And Christ always lived that way. He never told anybody to do something that he wasn't doing. You know, there was there was no hypocrisy, obviously. If he, he said this is the way to live, he was already living that way and doing it perfectly. He came and he taught, not just in word, but in deed. He taught by example. He taught by example. He kept the law perfectly and then said, you, you know, go ahead, you do it too. But he always set that example first. And in doing so, set us a wonderful example even in how to teach and instruct others. You know, if you're a parent and you're trying to instruct your children, well, if you're setting the right example, then they can follow that. You know, if we're saying one thing as a parent and then we do something different, well, then people are going to pick up on that. The children will see that and say, well, wait a minute. You know, you say that, but you do this other thing. Christ was such a perfect teacher because he set an example. He did it himself and did it first and then explained, here's why I did that. And that's exactly the pattern he used here at the foot washing. So we, can, we learn so much from Christ's example, including how to be an example and how to teach. But he asked him, he said, do you know, do you, do you know what I've done to you? I'm, I am your Lord and Master, but I washed your feet. You also ought to wash one another's feet. Verse 15, for I've given you an example. You should do as I have done. Verse 16, verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. We're happy if we obey God, and we're happy if we keep his holy days the way we should, and we keep his festivals. You know, the Passover is the beginning of God's plan of salvation for mankind, and it is commanded today. Those that are baptized into the body of Christ, to God's true church, they keep the Passover once a year and, and follow Christ's example. Notice this quote from the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This is Lesson 27. Uh, this is a free course. It's at thetrumpet.com. And um, if you haven't signed up for it, 
it would be an excellent course to sign up for, and it goes through all of God's festivals and the holy days, and and it goes through God's plan of salvation for mankind, and uh, the holy days and the festivals, they give us a picture of that. But here's the quote. It says, Since open-toed sandals were the customary footwear of the day, uh, the feet could become quite dirty, as you can imagine if you've ever worn sandals in the summer, especially in a dusty environment, uh, or really any environment. You're going you're gonna to have some, some <laughs> dirt there. It says, Foot washing upon entering a house was considered a menial task, usually done by the lowest servants. So we, we of course, I think can relate to that. Because today it's not even customary. People don't go around washing each other's feet, you know, usually. And uh, so that, that would be considered sort of a, a low thing to do. But it says by washing their feet, Jesus was illustrating to his disciples that he had come to earth to serve mankind. And shortly afterward, he proved the extent of his extreme service to this world when he gave his very life for the sins of all mankind. Again, you know, what a perfect example. He didn't just talk about it. He did it. And he did it to a level that no other human has ever done. He was perfect. He was perfect and set us a perfect example. Foot washing, it says, depicts the attitude of humility and service to others that every Christian must develop. So again, you just look at the world today and look at the problems that we see all the time whether it be on a national scale or local communities. And the, the problem is there's, you know, people are against people. There's violence. Everyone's trying to get the advantage over another. And there's competition and fighting. But here Christ showed us God's way. Humility and service to others. And, of course, a major way that we do that is supporting God's work. That's the ultimate uh, service to mankind right now is doing what God's will is. That's what Christ set an example in, always following his Father's will. And God has a work where he warns this world. He warns them that, you know, change from the wrong way and, and begin to follow his law. And then we'd see solutions. We'd see problems being fixed, but God's law has to be followed. So we need to, again, have that attitude of humility and service that Christ set us an example in. And as God's people, we need to observe the Passover, as Christ instructs us. And we see what truly makes us happy. We are happy if we do these things, keeping the Passover the way God instructs, and keeping God's laws and obeying him. That makes us happy. Doing it, the, the doing of it is what makes us happy and everybody wants to be happy and that's a good thing to want but there's a way to be happy and it is by obeying God God's way is what produces happiness and it takes humility to truly serve God and our fellow humans Jesus Christ taught us how to have humility he set the example now the opposite the way of the world is vanity see it's either vanity or it's humility Notice Isaiah 14. We see the picture of the world today and why it is the way it is. Getting back to the source of it, Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 13, this is talking about what happened to Lucifer when he sinned and became Satan, became the adversary. 
Isaiah 14, verses 12 through 13, notice this attitude as compared to what we just talked about with Jesus Christ, different, completely different attitudes. Verse 12 says, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? And Satan has power. He's weakening nations today. In verse 13, it says, For you have said in your heart, so here is Satan's attitude. You have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. See, Satan is full of vanity. He wants to rule. He wants it to be his way. He's going to be in charge. And everyone's going to serve him. That's his attitude. That's what, that's what he broadcasts. He's a broadcaster, as it talks about in Ephesians. He, he, he's a broadcaster, prince of the power of the air. And that's the spirit and the attitude we see all over this earth today, where people say, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to be that. Well, what happens when you've got a lot of different people all wanting their selfish aims? You have conflict. You have war. You have robbery. You have violence. The problems are endless. See, Satan is full of vanity. But Christ lived the opposite way, and he taught us to do that. Christ teaches us to have humility and service and obedience to God. When we humbly obey God, that's when we're happy. That's when we're happy. We're not happy if we're trying to exalt ourselves. We're happy when we follow God. So Christ set us a perfect example. Foot washing teaches us about humility and service to others. That's the way God thinks. That's the way God lives. That's the way Jesus Christ lives. And he set us a perfect example as a human being in living a way of humility and service to his Father and to all mankind. That's the example. That's the attitude that we need to have. So we have two examples here. Christ's perfect example of service and humility, and then there's Satan's example of selfishness and vanity. And if we want to be truly happy, we need to live as Christ did and follow God, follow his laws, and do those things that God tells us to do and live a life of service and humility. If you'd like to learn more about this topic, please sign up for the Herbert W. Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. Also, we have quite a bit of information about the Passover. You can find that at thetrumpet.com. That's all the time we have for today on Live by Every Word. Thank you for spending some of your time with me. I'm Dwight Falk. Until next time, let's all strive to more perfectly live by every word of God. You've been listening to Live by Every Word on Trumpet Radio 101.3 KPCG and online at kpcg.fm and thetrumpet.com.